0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I'm going to welcome you to Unboxing God. I'm so excited about this series. You're stuck with me for the next four weeks. It's four lessons. I'm going to teach all the lessons. Before we go any further, guys, I want to welcome all the men at TCI Correctional Facility. Guys, we're excited to have you as an Extension Campus. I'm excited to hear what God's doing in your lives. I also want to welcome our Boardman Campus. I know so many of you, so many of you are new. Hi to everybody. If you're visiting Boardman, my name's Joe. I'm the lead pastor here at Believers, and I have the privilege of teaching both campuses simultaneously, so we're excited that you're on with us, too. And guys, again, I'm excited about this series on Boxing God, and here's where it came from. Um, I recently bought this watch. It's a Bulova. I bought it on Amazon. And it looks really expensive, but that's, that's all fake uh, gold and things. But I just like the style, right? And so it comes, and I, on, I take it out of the box, and I don't know how it works. It has three little faces with the big watch face, and I don't even know how, how to take the band off. It's just all complicated to me. So I get the instructions out, and they're literally this big... And I have my times three cheaters on and I still can't read the print, it's so small. I can't even understand how they would put that in a box. So I did what my kids taught me to do and I went on YouTube and I put the name of the a watch and then all these videos came up and I clicked one and this guy literally took this watch out of the box and he showed you how to set it up, how to wind it, how everything works. And it was amazing and we thought, what if we did a series where we unboxed God, and we just took different aspects of God and took it out of the box and unboxed Him? So that's what this series is all about. And in this first lesson, we thought, why don't we take God out of the box, right? Because God used to live in a box, and so why don't we take Him out of the box? And uh, this this is this is my big idea for this lesson. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. God left the box. To live in a body. And the box he left was the Ark of the Covenant. And the body is twofold. It's us as individuals. But us corporately. So it's both of them. And God left the box. To live in a body. And I realize God's omnipresent. I know that. But you know what? He doesn't always show himself everywhere. But he chose this box called the Ark of the Covenant. We'll look at it in a moment. He chose this box. And he decided to manifest his power, his peace, his joy. He decided to manifest his voice. Everything, he decided to manifest it through a box. And we call that the Ark of the Covenant. And we're gonna take a look at this box. Look at the picture right now. And uh, this is the Ark. And this is a rendition, obviously. But it's, it's, this is what it would have looked like. And... And it would have been real gold, not fake gold, right? And God had Moses build this. The lid is called the mercy seat. You you see the two cherubim, the angelic beings? They represent the four creatures around the throne, that circle, and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that seat represents the throne of God, and after Jesus died, the very mercy of God. And that's the cover of the ark. You see the poles coming out of it. God said, hey, the way I want this transported from point A to point B, I want the priests to place it on their shoulders. And so you had four priests, and on this side, they're like this, on this side, they're like this, and they would carry the ark. And you know what that's a picture of? That's a picture of you and I doing something in our priestly ministry called praise, worship, and thanksgiving. And the Bible says God inhabits our praises. So God's just showing us, hey, you don't have to sing it, you can say it, But if you live a life of thanksgiving and praise and worship, he's saying, my presence is gonna be manifested in your life. And that's just this beautiful picture. We'll look at it in a story in just a little bit. So I thought, why not take a look at four things God did in the box? And then remember, God left the box to live in a body, so he wants to do these same things inside of us. And so I wanna make you more aware that God left the box to live in you and the same thing he did in the box he wants to do in you. So here's the first of four and it goes like this. God spoke from his box. And that's pretty cool. So most of us are aware if, if just through our great grandchildren or, or grandchildren, we're aware of uh, Siri and Alexa, right? So uh, they're speaking from a box too, right? And I must not enunciate all that well because 50% of the time when I ask Siri something, she gives me the wrong answer. She gives me something I'm not even asking about. And it's just hilarious sometimes. But my grandkids, 10 and eight, they work Alexa. It's amazing. Alexa, play this song. Alexa, what about this? Alexa, what about, and phew, Alexa speaks from the box. It's, it's amazing. But guess what? Before there was Siri, before there was Alexa, there was God and he spoke from a box and he's accurate 100% of the time. Now remember he left the box to live in a body but here's, here's our scripture, number 789, a lot of verses in chapter seven, right? Whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim above the ark's cover, the place of atonement that rests on the ark of the covenant. The Lord spoke with him from there. So Moses would go in and he would ask God questions. God would speak, right? That's where he chose to manifest himself from that ark, And then God would give him instructions. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. So God left the box to live in a body. And this is really important. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to your heart. And this is a a statement I have to qualify, right? Because some people go really nuts with this and make a lot of mistakes. So let's, can we qualify it? God's not going to give you any new books for the Bible. So you're not going to write a book of the Bible. He's not going to speak to you that way. God's never going to give you something that contradicts the scriptures. That's really important to know. But when God speaks to us, it's like what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the purpose of prophecy, where someone speaks out in a known language with God's, God speaking through them, is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So he just wants to speak to our hearts. And if you've never had God, it's not these ears, it's in here. It's the most amazing thing to have God encourage us. Can we all agree that life is full of troubles and problems and it's so nice to have God be able to speak to our hearts? And if you're not used to that or familiar with it, I just want to let you know God left the box to live in the body and God wants to speak to your hearts. He speaks to us primarily through the, the Bible, so that's the number one way. But God also wants to exhort us. And there's times when we come to the forks in the road, do I go right? Do I go left? Where we can pray and ask God. And there's times where he'll speak to our heart and say, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Some of us, we operate differently. We operate by that peace. And we think, what about it? Can be going this way. Yeah, that feels chucky. How about this? Oh, that feels good. And so sometimes we just deal with the peace of God inside of us. But God left the box to live in a body. God wants to speak to you like he spoke to Moses through that box. He's no longer in that box. He left that box. Now he lives in you and he's still talking and he's still speaking and he wants to give you ideas and encourage you and exhort you. Here's my second point. God did miracles from his box. And boy, the miracles he did from that ark were amazing. And I thought of one and I want you to think about this life we live and how many obstacles come into our life. Don't we all have some obstacles that hit us? And sometimes we do everything we know to do, and that obstacle is still bigger and stronger than we are. That happens a lot. And God painted this beautiful picture to show us how He wants to do miracles. He did miracles from the box, and it's amazing what He did. So here, here's the story um, The children of Israel, Moses died. They're ready to walk into the promised land and the first city they're going to fight is Jericho but they can't even get to it because the Jordan River is its flood stage and they can't walk across it. They can't build a bridge. They don't have the technology and God says, cross the Jordan and Joshua looks at him and says, how? So God says, think about this. He said, have the priest put that ark on their shoulder and he says, have them step into the water. I could see if I was a priest. He doesn't tell him what he's going to do. He gives them no clue. If I was a priest, I would have thought, oh, I wish he would have said this tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> I, I mean, because this water was flood stage. It's descending. It's going to wash them away if God doesn't show up. And it's like, can you imagine if you were one of those priests? Like, are you sure, Joshua? Joshua goes, I don't know. He just said to do it. I, I, do it, do it. Just let's obey him. Just put a little bit in and see what he does. So, so they're walking and they, they had to be so fearful. But God wanted to show them what he could do. And remember, that's an image. That's an image of you and I going through life, and life is throwing us curveballs and coming at us from this way. And it's like, God, what's going on? Why isn't this breaking through? Why is not this happened? This obstacle's in front of us. thats an obstacle in front of us It happens our whole life, right? So this paints a picture of them carrying the ark of you and I saying, you know what, in spite of it all, I'm not going to ignore the problems, but I'm gonna be thankful and grateful and I'm gonna be worshipful. And and when you do that, God can do some powerful things in your life. So watch what he did here. Watch this. It's amazing. It's Joshua 3, 15 and 16. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and then their feet touched the water's edge, ah, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up into a heap, a great, distance away. And so God went, shh, whoosh. And Jordan itself, the very name Jordan, the Hebrew word means descending and flood stage coming down, Jordan descending. And they just go like this, worshipful and thankful. And God left the box to live in a body. So man, that's what he wants to do in our lives. And they didn't do anything, but just trust God. And God went, shh, it says the priest walked into the center of the river, it stayed dry, and, and over a million Israelis walked by him. Can you imagine all the high fives? Good job, priest! You know, and I would have never walked in there. I'm glad I was off today. It had to be crazy. But as soon as the priest went and onto the other side of the shore, the waters came back. And here's what God's saying to you: There's nothing going on in your life, whatever age you are. I, 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 it doesn't matter what age you are, life has obstacles. Life has troubles. And God's saying, hey, I left the box to live in you. So let me loose and let me do some things that I did in that box. And the way we let them loose is just say, you know what? God, I did everything I can do. I prayed. I did it all. Now I'm just going to thank you. I'm going to thank you that you're God, that you're great, that you're awesome. And I'm just going to worship you. And God's saying, you know what I'll do? I'll push the Jordan." back in your life. How many of us are thankful God left the box to live in a body? I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Let's give it up one time. We got a couple more, right? Here, here we go. This next one's awesome. Um, God's box could enter enemy territory. And can I ask you a question? Do we live in a crazy culture today? Isn't it crazy? And doesn't it seem like it's becoming crazier? The world's becoming more worldly, right? And, and, and the church is living right in the midst of craziness and we're seeing things we've never seen before. And I want you to see what happened here. God's box can go into enemy territory. And so the Philistines were at war with Israel and Israel was not walking as close as they should have been. And the Philistines stole the ark and they carried it away. And the priests are like, oh no, they took the ark, and God's probably up in heaven laughing. Are you kidding? They took me, you you think I'm worried about this? And God's box can enter enemy territory. So I thought about a movie I used to love years ago. I don't watch it anymore. Uh, Just watched it too many times. But Rambo, remember the movie Rambo? Remember the first one, First Blood? And in case you don't remember, Rambo just came out of Vietnam he comes up to the Northwest, you know, up there near Seattle to visit a friend from the army. He finds out that he died because of Agent Orange. To Orange, he died of cancer. And so he's just bumming, and he's got his long hair, his scraggly beard, this green coat army coat. And he's just walking to this little town. He just wants to eat at the diner. And there's this crazy police chief and he stops him and says, we don't like your kind. Get in my car. And he drives him across the bridge and says, go that way. And then he goes back and, and Rambo just walks right back to the, to the diner. So, the police guy arrests him and finds his big hunting knife. And then he throws him in jail, and then they're beating him in jail, and they're being mean to him and hitting him and kicking him. And he has flashbacks of the prisoner of war camp in Vietnam. So he goes nuts and escapes, and he's running away. This one cop's trying to shoot him, then he kills the cop, and now he's up in this big mountain. They have a couple hundred police and national guards and, and state troopers, and they're in a tent. The police chief who's not a good man. And, and, and then the other guy, and they're discussing, what are we going to do? And then Colonel Troutman walks in. If you didn't see the movie, this, I, I wanted to memorize this. I couldn't memorize it. So I'm going to read it. It's just, it's, it's going to make a point. I'm going to make a point here, right? So here we go. Uh, he walks in and they go, oh, the army sent a full bird colonel to rescue their soldier. And then here's what he says. I don't think you understand that I didn't come here to rescue Rambo from you. I came to rescue you from Rambo. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare, with a man who's the best, with guns, with knives, with his bare hands. Classic, classic stuff. A man who's been trained to ignore pain, ignore weather, to live off the land, to eat things that would make a billy goat sick. In Vietnam, his job was to dispose enemy personnel, to kill, period, win by attrition. Well, Rambo was the best. wish I could have memorized that. They're they're not realizing how powerful Rambo is, and then Rambo shows how powerful he is in this show, but that's what's going on with the priest. It's like, oh no, the bad guys took God. They took the box, and God's in trouble, and God wanted to say, are you kidding? I'm God, and I think we do that all the time. God, the world's falling apart. God, the world's so bad. God, the world's so scary. They're doing this and this is, oh, this is out of the box and this is out of the box and this is happening. And God's just like up in heaven. Would you relax? Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. This is an opportunity to rescue people from harm and from chains and to have people saved and have people set free. And that's what God's wanting us to see. God can live in enemy territory. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, baby. Here's some scripture. So 1 Samuel 5.1, after the Philistines had captured the ark of God, uh, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. There they carried the ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. And Dagon was the god of fertility. That was their god. He looked like a mermaid. I mean, merman. And uh, so he looked like this merman, right? A fishy half-fish, half-guy. And they worshiped Dagon, the God of fertility. So they thought, let's put the Hebrews God, they, they looked at the ark like a God, let's put him right in with Dagon. I want you to see the, just how funny God is. He, he has a, just an incredible sense of humor. Listen to verse three. When the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon fallen on his face, on the ground before the ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. God could have cracked him up. He could have broke him up. That first night, but he just was having fun. He wanted to say, see how your God's bound to me? Greater, greater am I. I'm greater. God, your God's greater. He's in enemy territory, but he's greater than the enemy. And listen to verse four. But the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and his hands were broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. And God began to just, listen to verse six, the Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod and its vicinity. He brought devastation on them and afflicted them with tumors. Now God's not wanting to do that to people, but God's greater than our enemy. God's greater than anything this world is throwing our way. And God wants you and I to understand, hey, the God of the box, God left it and he lives in you. And we're living in a world and sometimes we look and we think, oh, this world's crazy. Oh no, what's gonna happen? And God's saying, Our wait a minute. I'm inside you. And I want to use you to rescue these dear people. These people are trapped. These people need rescue, And I want to use you to rescue these dear people. So no matter where we're at, guys, no matter what culture is doing, no matter what's going on all around us, God left the box and he lives in us. And he's greater than this world will ever be. Here's point four. You ready? This is a cool one. God's box. Brought blessings, and I think this story is interesting. The Philippines sent the ark back. It's like let's get rid of this thing, so they send it back. And then David says we need to bring it to Jerusalem. So he has a new cart built, and they're transporting it to Jerusalem. But David wasn't aware of the scriptures; he wasn't reading up on them, and so he didn't know it had to be carried on the shoulders of the priest. and, and there's this guy; his name's Uzzah, and he's in the cart, and the cart hits a bump. And the ark begins to fall, so Uzzah goes to grab the cart, and guess what happens? He dies instantly. And David's like, the Bible says this, David was angry with God and confused. He said, like, God, what's, why did you do this? What's wrong with you? Now, David went back and he read the scriptures and he figured out, oh, the priests have to carry him, so he brought it back in, in about three months. But can you imagine? He says, let's leave it here, and they're looking like, whose house can we put it in? Think about it. And he picked this poor guy, Eben Odom. He said, let's put it in his house, right? And when they put it in his house, I could imagine him putting caution tape around it, telling his kids, don't you dare touch that. And just saying, just put it there. And David's saying, you have to, I don't want it in my house. Put it there. And it's just amazing to watch what God did in his life. Now, here's something to think about. If we could go back in time as Christians, we could touch the ark, and it wouldn't kill us. Hey, the God of the ark's inside you. God's made you holy and blameless and without fault. So it'd be cool to go back there and kind of take the lid off. Everybody would be freaking out. What's wrong with you? Uh, God's not gonna hurt me, man. I'm holy and blameless. I can't die. He was sin-stained. I'm not sin-stained. And that God that was in the box is in you. But listen, take a look at what he did in this house. It reads like this. 1 Chronicles 13:14. The ark of God remained with the family of obed in his house for three months, And the Lord blessed his household and everything he had. Just don't touch the baby, caution tape. But God blessed him. And what is that saying? God left the box to live in a body. And you know what I see here, guys? I see us just making a decision. I'm not gonna let this world get me down. I'm not gonna go negative. I'm not gonna be a pessimist, I'm gonna be an optimist in God, and I'm just, no matter what's going wrong in my life, I'm gonna worship God, thank God, praise God, and I'm just gonna be a positive person that's carrying that arc like this, right? And God's saying, you know what? I'll bless everything that you're connected to, and that, my brothers and sisters, is exciting. God left the box to live in a body, so he lives in us. I wanna share two obvious things, but I wanna bring a really cool conclusion to it, and here's the first one. God lives in you. We know that, but I wanna make sure you have a scripture for it. Listen to 1 Corinthians 6:19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself. Translated, God left a box to live in our body. Here's the point I wanna take a few moments on. God lives amongst us. Listen to this verse. 1 Corinthians 3:16. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and the spirit of God lives in you? So now he's saying we're the corporate temple. And I always like to say it's at least times 10. God lives in us. But when we all come together, church is supposed to be a place where God's peace and joy and power and freedom is multiplied. So listen to what Peter said, 1 Peter 2, 24, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. So Jesus is the cornerstone. When we accept him, we're built upon him. Listen to verse five. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. And when I think of a local church, I think of a place where the God of the box is stronger in this place than he is in our individual lives. And this is a place of freedom. And there's something about believers, Borman, Warren. I'm just so excited about TCI. I'm excited about Believers Church. And I wanna show you how God shows up at the highest level. So it's an amazing thing. It's called harmony when we're in unity, guys. He shows up at the highest level. And I am so proud of this church because every one of you listening right now, no matter where you're at, there's someone in the church that pushes your button the wrong way, right? Don't we all have someone that pushes our buttons? And I watch it in my connect groups. I watch it where, I just watch it. What I love about believers and the people of believers is they let it go. they, they ignore this, or they ignore that, and they smile, and they walk in love. and Then when someone does something that has to be addressed, they address it, but they do it in a godly way. And there's such a beautiful harmony here. We're all working together. There's always someone that's going to get on your last nerve, but we're all working together. There's unity. It's absolutely amazing. And here's what the Bible says God will do. Psalm 133, verses 1 and 2. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together. In harmony, For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and on the border of his robe. And so Aaron's the first high priest and God put the special oil together for him to be anointed. And so the oil is poured on his head and they poured a lot obviously, right? And it just runs down to his beard and then it gets on some of his clothing and God says, that that's what harmony is amongst us. It's like that anointing oil. And what God's saying is, the the spirit of God shows himself even stronger when you and I just work together. We're all doing our things. You're doing a connect group. You're going to a connect group. You're volunteering. You're a dream teamer. Whatever it is, we're all doing our thing. And then God does his thing. Listen to this next verse. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And I love this. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing. Even life everlasting. And this is a picture of the church. It's a picture of a local church. And guys, I see it here all the time. It is so exciting for me to watch people come in and see God get a hold of them. And that's what he's talking about. God getting a hold of people, God ministering life to people. And I love to watch people come in that don't know Christ, accept Christ. We're seeing that on a weekly basis here at Believers. But I also love to watch people that come up, come into the church, and they've got this issue and that issue, and they're in chains and bondage over here. And then they have this issue. They think the wrong way here. They think the wrong way there. And I just love to watch God just bring blessing, and freedom into their lives. And it's happened in all of our lives, guys. It's absolutely amazing to watch what God can do. And I want to ask you a question. Are you excited about what the God who left the box can do in us corporately? Can we just give it up to God and say, thank you, God? It's absolutely amazing what God's doing. He's going to do it in your life, too. He's going to do it in all of our lives. So God left a box to live in a body. God wants to speak to you. God wants to do miracles in your life. God wants to allow you to live in the midst of a crazy world. and God wants to bless you. And I'm convinced what the devil wants us to do is focus on the negative. We're not to ignore it, but he wants us to focus on the negative. He wants us to become pessimists, always complaining, always bummed out. And God says, hey, man, Listen. Just begin to thank me, worship me, glorify me, and thank me for what I have done and watch me do things that you never thought I could do. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. We thank you that you left a box to live in a body. We thank you that you live in us as individuals. Make that more real to us this week. Those of us in Borman, TCI, Warren, make it more real to us, Lord. Father, thank you for the pictures we saw with the ark. We thank you that you're the same God that manifested himself through that box, the ark. We thank you for manifesting yourself through us and in us. Lord, right now, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, there are folks in here that are facing some crazy obstacles in their life. And life just seems to be throwing them curve after curve. Some are young, some are medium, some are older. But life can be rough. Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. And Lord, we just thank you that we can be like those priests and just carry the ark right into our Jordans and watch you do miracles in our life. So Father, thank you for coming to live in us. Lord, we take a moment, all of us, and we thank you for what you're doing through all of us together here at Believers. Thank you. Lord, bring more and more freedom to people's lives, and we thank you for it. Lord, let us impact the world at a greater and higher level. Let us not be shocked that the world's worldly, but Lord, let us be shocked when we don't see you be God, and we thank you that you are gonna be God, and you're going to just rescue people. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening. Orban TCI Warren, maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your forever. And we talked about this in communion. Jesus died so we can live. He shed his sinless blood so we could be forgiven. And if you're listening and you're not sure of your forever, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever believes in me will not perish, but I'll give them everlasting life. I'll never forget when I heard that and faith dropped in my heart and I said, Jesus, I believe that. I bowed down and I prayed and I accepted and my life turned around. It was amazing. So you may be listening right now and say, I can't remember a moment in my life when I gave my heart to Jesus. And I wanna ask you the most important question on planet Earth. Why don't you give your heart to him right now? If you're here and you're listening, you say, that's me, Borben TCI, that's me. Would you pray with us right now? Everyone else, can we help them pray? Let's pray loud enough so they hear us and we help them along. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, this night I look to Jesus and I make a decision to accept him as my Savior. Jesus, I believe God raised you from the dead. You died for my sins. I accept you as my savior. And I call and make you Lord of my life, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church,